Okay, you guys, welcome to episode 35 of The Smush Room, the podcast that deep dives on the well-known and more importantly, not so well-known hookups of your favorite reality TV stars. I am your host, Troy McGeady, and uh, I have a really special guest here with me today, somebody who is not only, I think, like one of the funniest people on the internet, but also going to be joining the Emotionally Broken Psychos family here coming up fairly shortly. Um, Princess, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? I can't because you just called me one of the funniest people on the internet, and I am like, what? <laughs> that is so. That's such high praise coming from you. Like super high praise because I think you two are like fucking hilarious. But um, guys, my name is Princess, and um, wow. And what what Troy's talking about is I am working on a podcast called Spelling Tea, and it is basically a deep dive into all things Tory spelling. Like, I'm, I'm going to look at the world through Tory colored glasses and I'm going to bring it back to you and break it down for you. Yeah, I don't even really have... First of all, you are absolutely fucking hysterical. You have, like, such a good... I feel like you have such a good, like perspective on pop culture and just like the zeitgeist and like what's happening on the world and you have like you have a pop culture sort of like wealth of knowledge and i think that's incredible first of all tori spelling is like she is me and liz bentley have both said that tori spelling is the queen emotionally broken psycho like i think that she is the queen of this entire podcast like this whole network of podcasts like somehow she is the kevin bacon that connects everybody like i she's just (laughs) the gift that continues to give and i never no matter how like in the dumps her career is i never get tired of hearing about her um she's just she's incredible yeah um and she i feel like like she's the original emotionally broken psycho and all the rest of them including you and i just like descendants of her like if we could like go to that ancestry.com dna shit they would like look down there and they would find like five percent tory spelling because she's in us and she created this whole fucking thing she did that's you are absolutely correct like she is the she's like the blood that flows in our veins yeah you know the fact that so recently, Emotionally Broken Psychos, the Facebook group, did a kind of like a, uh, you know, sports type thingy. You know how you put like brackets and people go against each other. I don't know anything about sports unless it's RuPaul's Drag Race. So, <laughs> but it's something like that where they like, you know, go against each other. And it came down to Tory Spelling and Farah. And then I guess some Russians got involved and fucked up the vote. And Farah Abram from Team Mom won. And, like, that's, like, besides Trump being president, that's literally the worst thing that ever happened to me in my life. The Tory Spelling did not win. Queen EBP, psycho, whatever. She she deserved it. Fuck it. She deserved it. (laughs) She absolutely deserves it. She's been doing this for, like, 35 years. And also, like, the other thing that I love, yes! like, well, I guess we should just say by now that we, today we're going to be talking extensively about Tori and Dean. Like, this is a couple yes. that people have, like, literally since this podcast was announced, I've not gotten more requests to talk about any other person, any other celebrity, any other couple. Like, Tori and Dean is, like, the one that people care about. It's, like, the one that people want to hear about. It's the one that people find the most interesting. And, you know, it's just because they are 
they're both so equally disturbed emotionally and the fact that these two people found each other in life is just so mind-blowing it it makes no sense but like all the sense to me in the world yeah it's i just i think that i facebook messages you and threatened to sue you you did if, when you did tori <laughs> i thought i was gonna sue you with the girl that was suing kevin hart that's how far that's how, with her lawyer. That's how far long, long ago this was. I was just like, I'm going to find out who her lawyer is. I'm going to use her lawyer. I'm going to file a class action lawsuit against your ass if you do not do Tori and Dean and allow me to be on the show. <laughs> you took it, like, really well. <laughs> well, you know, I, I get, like, the You're occasional... Like, okay, cool. I get the occasional threatening message in regards to a couple every once in a while. And I was like, you know what? I think that that's not, like, you and I have talked about Tori and Dean on the Facebook group. Like, we flirted at the idea mm-hmm. just in our, our our love of Tori's spelling. And I was like, there's nobody else that I'd rather talk about this with anyway. Like, that just, it just made sense. It just okay. felt right for both of us. So, I didn't need to threaten you, but it, but it was, it was appreciated. It was a very much appreciated threat. A, a, a good threat I won't turn down. I will never turn down being threatened. I love it. <laughs> um so yeah so you guys we are i believe nicole told both of us that we are like around 65 percent there in our patreon level um to get your podcast up and running so the sooner you donate the sooner you get to hear more tory content and you guys all want to hear fucking tory content you cannot tell me there is not a single person if you are listening to this podcast and you have no interest in tory tory spelling literally pause dip your phone in water and just but, like, you're done. You're canceled. Like, you don't belong here. You're kind of welcome here. You can't sit with us. You have to, like, we all care about Tory Spelling. I know that you do if you're listening to this. So, you guys donate to our Patreon. Like, who doesn't? I want a fucking Tory Spelling podcast. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, like, we can all agree that we're wasting a lot of money on things like food and gas and, like, you know, daycare for our children and bullshit like that. And we don't. Those things aren't really necessary. You know what's necessary? A fucking Tory Spelling podcast. That's yeah. what's necessary. Get your fucking priorities together, guys. Get <laughs> together. So if you go to uh, our Facebook group, you can find the link there, or you can just go to our Patreon page, and it's posted all over the place. At this point, I think that there's no way that you can be listening to this and not have donated. So that means that you should be donating, and that we, <laughs> we need the Tory Spelling podcast, and... I'm really excited. I know that we're yeah. going to get there. We're fairly pretty close. We're more than halfway there. And I can't wait. I can't wait to get my mm-hmm. Tori and Candy fix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should be stealing from your parents. If you're like, if you don't have any money, you should be stealing it. If you have money and you're using it on something else, you should stop using it on that. You should be forcing. If you're going to go out and meet somebody tonight and then have sex with them, before you have sex with them, you should ask them, are they Patreon subscribers to Emotionally Broken Cycles? And if they aren't, don't fuck them until they sign up. Yeah. Just don't. <laughs> Send out a mass text right now to everybody you know that just says patreon.com slash ebpsychos with no context or anything. Yeah. Just send them the link and they'll figure it out. They'll know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you want to get into uh, talking about our, our queen here, the goddess Tori Spelling and her, uh, her yeah. charming beau? Dean? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, Dean. Oh, yeah. 
which is the name of her youngest child. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you get what I did there? Um, so, yeah. Tori Spelling and Dean met in 2006 while they were filming in a TV movie called Mind Over Murder for Lifetime. And um, when they met, Tori was married, obviously, to her first husband, Charlie. Is it Shane? Sh- is it Shanian or Sh- how do you pronounce his last name? Do you know? I call it got dumped by Terry, Tori Spelling. Charlie, I got dumped by Tori Spelling. So I don't actually pronounce it. <laughs> and Dean was married to Mary Jo, who, like, is iconic. I believe Mary Jo is just as iconic in this marriage as they are. Like, Mary Jo is, like, a staple. Yeah. She's everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, like, their story is, not, like, Mary Jo is entwined in it. In fact, this is... I, I often, when I think of Mary Jo, I, I think there's a lot of things filming during a lot, but I know, yeah, they, she might have changed it back. Um, Mary Jo, I think of Mary Jo, the wife of Joey Buttafuoco, who got shot by Amy. <laughs> 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 no, I'm talking about. So, like, I watched so much of that coverage, I kind of melded the two together. So, when I think of Mary Jo, even though she doesn't, this isn't true. She, I, I think of her with like that twisted face from being shot in the fucking face, and like a lot of fuck, a lot of bitterness, and basically determination to get revenge. Now, is this true? No. Is it like kind of true? Yeah, yeah. She, the thing <laughs> she is, she kind of got shot in the face by Tori. Mary Jo does. She is. She's a staunch character, and she does have a very. Um, a cold personality. She's very sort of like mm-hmm. um, rigid. It's not really far off. Like she's very um, cold and standoffish, and she's very she's a really dark sense of humor. Like whenever she's around Tori, you can feel that they're like polar opposites, and that Tori is like this fragile, very flighty, sort of ditzy, like b- like blonde, yeah. frail woman. And Mary Jo is this like stoic, staunch, cold character who like uses humor to hurt people. So, like, that's not really that far off, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's also, like, Mary Jo... So, Mary Jo is older than Tori, but not, like, crazy older than Tori. Yeah. She's just... It, it feels... Because Tori's spelling is basically a 13-year-old child. So, Mary Jo is a woman, and so their dynamic is very, like... Mary Jo's like, yeah, okay. I've been here before. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Wait till he cheats on you, bitch. That's how Mary Jo is around her. But so I really, I really enjoy the interactions between the two of them. And I just, because Tori's just like always looking for her approval. I was like, oh, 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 I'm kind of sorry. I'm so sorry. And Mary Jo's like, don't be sorry, bitch. Be better. And so I just, I just love, yeah. I kind of stand for Tori and Mary Jo. I agree with you. And they, Tori and Dean admitted to, like, you know, while they were both married, um, but, you know, they admitted to having sex the first night they met. And, like, you know, Tori's mother and her family was against Dean and and Tori being together. And, you know, could it have something to do with the fact that they were literally, like, they eloped while they were both married and then came home and divorced Mm -hmm. while they got married at a ceremony while married. Like just such a a fucking ratchet, Mm -hmm. crazy, like deserving of a love and hip hop storyline, like insane, like just Ah. ridiculous. Insane. Yeah. Stevie and Jocelyn wish. Yeah. (laughs) Shit like this. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I wish. Do, do you want to go ahead and start talking? I guess we can talk about what uh, was going on with Tori's life, like right before meeting Dean, which was kind of a lot. Like she kind of had a lot of uh, of interesting things going mm-hmm. on. Yeah. I think we should start with the fact that Tori Spelling is the daughter of fame producer Aaron Spelling. And if there was a show in like the 70s and 80s that you were like into or that you maybe if you're younger you watched on Nick at Night later, then he probably had something to do with it. He's a huge, famous producer and he was huge in Hollywood. He made a ton of fucking money. And she grew up, Liz Bentley gave me this analogy, she grew up the way Northwest is growing up right now. Yeah. Like, somebody's causing snow for Christmas, like, your face is on shit all the time. Like, she is, she, Tori Spelling grew up in Homeby Hills, which apparently is, like, super, super rich. I don't know anything about that, but it was, like, the biggest house there. And she had every fucking thing she could possibly have. Her mother had rooms dedicated to gift wrapping, rooms dedicated to dolls, rooms dedicated to Tori's pain, all that shit. She had all of that. And this, you need to understand that Tori's life all stems from the fact that she was raised like a little perfect, little rich girl that always had to be perfect all the time. Yeah, all of her like... You know, later in life, she, you know, it took us a long time to kind of really, really, really get in there when it came to Tori's sort of, um, uh, I guess, mental health issues and all the things that she kind of has carried from mm-hmm. her childhood. But, like, you can stem all of it back to her being this, like, this child, basically like a human doll for her fa- her, for her, her parents. Like, this little yeah. doll that they would tote around and, you know, they would put gowns on her and and trot her around to all these events. And like you said, she never wanted for anything. And the only life she had ever known was a life of just like absurd wealth where she would shop every single day. She didn't even know her life at a certain Uh point in adulthood without spending thousands of dollars a day. Like that was something that she had to like basically relapse from. Like she had to like hit a rock bottom and be like, well, that's not (laughs) normal. Like people don't do that. Like she really... And all of these issues show themselves yeah. much later in her uh, in her uh, docu series, which yeah. I cannot fucking wait to get to. But uh, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, her childhood was just absolutely bananas. Mhm. Um, and you should also know that she is she had a relationship with her mother, Candy Spelling, much like if you've ever watched Mommy Dearest, you have to have watched Mommy Dearest. In my house, growing up, my mom watched it every year, and she made me watch it with her. So I don't know what the fuck that says about us, but um, she <laughs> she had this. She Tori's life was a lot like um, Christina's, and like she had a very public face. Like a lot of her things would be in magazines. Like her birthday would be in a magazine, and uh, they would expect to give a certain amount to charity. And like she had to be like this. Per- she had to be a perfect person. Because, and she she grew up having her picture taking all the time, having stories written about her, having super rich people coming over her house all the time. Heather Locklear was always over there, always. Now, I know that you guys don't give a fuck about Heather Locklear today, oh all right? God. But back when Heather Locklear was hot, 
she was everybody's everything. And it would be like if your dad, if your dad knew Rihanna, yeah, that's what it would be like. If your dad knew Rihanna and Rihanna just came over and played with you and took pictures with her and you and you call her on the phone, Auntie Rihanna, it's that kind of shit. Just imagine that. That's the type of lifestyle she grew up in. And so when we start to talk about her her first marriage and meeting Dean and the life she has with Dean now, you should always think to yourself, there's a little girl inside of Tori that's like, well, of course we should be doing this because this is what we, we do. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess let's sort of skip ahead to her first marriage because this is interesting to me too. Like she, yeah. this was a really interesting time to me in Tori's life and I'll run this theory by you, but I had this weird theory about like her career at this point. But, um, so prior to meeting Dean, she was married to her first husband, Charlie, and she was starring in this VH1 sitcom based on her life called, uh, So Notorious. And the interesting thing to me about this time in Tori's career is that this was like, you know, she hasn't really had like a non-reality project take off since So Notorious. And, you know, critics actually loved that show. It was only on for a season, but it was like you know, critically adored, everybody loved it, and it was what got mm-hmm. the public sort of, like, that second wave of Tori's career where it, like, wasn't, you know, Lifetime movies and Aaron Spelling productions, like, it was, like, the second sort of, like, yeah. adulthood wave of her life where, like, people got a second wind of interest in Tori Spelling, and it seems like that was kind of the last, I guess, the last time that we ever had, like, the actor, because Tori Spelling, there's no way that Tori Spelling could, like, act anymore really i mean she could but we'll just be like watching tori spelling act like it's not gonna ever be the same now she's a reality star and this was the last sort of like you Mm -hmm. know iteration of like tori spelling the actress doing something on tv um that people liked watching her just like be an actor yeah yeah it was and it was also i think one of the reasons it was so successful is because it was kind of a send-up of who Oh my goodness. Uh, can you guys hear my children in the background? He's <laughs> crashed. Oh, hold on one second. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it on mute because I don't want you to hear me yelling at them. Okay. <laughs> I actually wish that we could hear her yelling at them because I think that would be really interesting. It would add a lot. Um, you do not want to hear it because I'm such... I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm an excellent, I, I foster kids. I, I always have like kids that don't belong to me in my house. And I'm, I, I feel like I'm good at that, but I'm also like super realistic too. So I'm also like, I'm, I'm going to call you and your shit and I'm going to give you a bunny and then we can watch RuPaul's Drag Race together. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's just, that's, that's how, and then you know what? Okay. And you probably shouldn't put this in, but you know what? That was really great is that. <laughs> the, the littlest one I have is six. And I was watching some drag shows. It wasn't RuPaul, but I was watching some drag shows on, on the internet. And he came by and he goes, oh, what is this? And I said, oh, it's just a show. And he goes, it's like a costume show where somebody who, where somebody can win uh, money. And I was like, yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. And I was like, see, people should, yeah, people should like just tell people the truth. Anyway. All right, so what were we talking about? He's we're like, it looks like pure entertainment rooted in, in just entertainment and happiness and nothing deeper than that besides yeah. just having fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was like, oh, these are boys. 
I remember what I was going to say. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I remember what I was going to say. Okay, so, um, they loved So Notorious because it was kind of a symbol of what people thought her life was. So she was in on the joke. And this is, and she was the one telling the story. She basically twisted her entire life and then made, and then made a show about it. And this is when you first start to see Tori being in on the joke about Tori. Because Tori yeah. is a joke. Yeah. Okay. She's, you know, she's laughing with us. That's so true. I've never really thought of it that way. But yeah, that was the first time she ever really kind of like laughed with us and not like, because, you know, she was always, she was, like you said, she was always a joke. She was always like some sort of laughing stock, whether it was like her appearance or her acting ability or her family or, you know, the fact that her dad like will just cast her and stuff because it's her dad. Like there was always this shit that sort of carried her, carried around with her. And that was the first time she ever really acknowledged it and made fun of it and um also it was like when we still viewed her life as like a f like it was like a f like a folklore almost like it was almost un too unreal to be true yeah and we didn't know any of the an aspirational yeah it was aspirational it felt like a dream and it we didn't know any of the really dark stuff yet like the real real yeah. dark stuff that you learn later of how just sort of broken all those people were you know it was still sort of like Mm -hmm. Like uh, glittery, it was shiny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so Tori and Charlie got married on July third of two thousand and four, and they had this really extravagant wedding, like completely very Tori. Just like it, it, it totaled mm. one million dollars. Um, Tori wore a Badgley Mishka dress. They had a crystal champagne fountain. Um, her pugs carried their ring, their wedding rings down the aisle in custom, like, in a cu custom dress, wedding gown, and tuxedo. Um, Wolfgang Puck was their chef. Like, it was, in typical Tory fashion, it was completely over the top. Like, a million, like, magazines were invited there, of course, to photograph the entire thing. Like, a million dollar wedding that lasted 15 months. <laughs> Like, yeah, and it's also like so indicate it's it's so nineties you can't even like you can't even Oh I know. It's like Wolfgang Punk. I like know. your pugs. Remember when pugs were like I mean people still love pugs, but remember when like pugs were like the new shit? Like they were they were basically the French bulldog of their time. And I mean she it was it was just like every every trend possible. Well, her, yeah. her, her wedding should be in a fucking museum. It should be in a museum, For, like, honestly. time travelers to learn about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, so <laughs> so she was, like, super upset about Ed, about her wedding. She claims that her mom made her spend a lot more money than she wanted. Her mom took over the wedding. Her parents were very, like, controlling about it. And she and Charlie have been, like, dating each other, I believe, for like, two years or so prior. And he was... Um, he was such a low-key person. At the time, she was just... I think she was... 
just coming off of a just coming off of nine hundred two one zero, and so she was she kind of had like a she kind of had a profile at that point because nine hundred two was such a big show, yeah. And he was such a low profile person, and yet they had this huge wedding. They were like Kim Yang it up, and you know, and so yeah, um, it was that wedding was such a big deal, and then for what to have come next was in, incredibly embarrassing for her and her family. Now, as far as Dean, things get a little bit a uh, little bit more wacky because Dean's IMDb profile before meeting, actually before and after meeting Tori, <laughs> is one of the most depressing things I've ever read in my entire life. It really took me into a dark place. Um, I <laughs> just want to really quickly read off some of the titles. Actually, I want to read, because I, I wrote it down word for word. I want to read for you the the way that, that uh, Wikipedia describes Dean McDermott in just a couple sentences. It says... <laughs> It says, Uh-oh. McDermott has appeared in several TV movies, including Always and Forever, Santa Baby 2, Christmas Maybe, and A Christmas Visitor. <laughs> McDermott has, has a wide variety of guest roles on television series such as Earth, Final Conflict, Tracker, and 1-800-MISSING. That's how they describe it's like his Santa entire Claus career. Brings him his role. <laughs> it's like his, Santa Claus brings him his role. Santa Claus brings him his role. Always and forever. Santa Baby 2. Christmas, maybe? Like, what the fuck? So every year he goes, please let me get a job. And Santa's like, fine. Yeah. <laughs> Santa Baby 2. Bam. <laughs> he and, like, Dr. Quinn Medicine wanted oh to God. show up to the offices at the same time. Like, where's our where's our Christmas movie? <laughs> We're here. Oh, my God. Dean, you should get that taken down, dude. <laughs> It's really not a good look. It doesn't look good for Chop Canada 3. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, but yeah, he was married to uh, his first wife, Mary Doe, who uh, he was actually married for 12 years. He had like a full life. They had a son together and a, uh, an adopted daughter that at the time of him meeting Tori was like 10 months old. Um, it's weird also because a lot of websites don't even claim their adopted daughter as his it's almost like he just gave her away to marry joe well what happened is that they were finalizing their adoption uh-huh. um so when you adopt kids i know because i i have adopted kids and i and I'm, i work in the foster care system as a foster parent but when you adopt kids you have to do like this home study and like this so this is like this big fucking document that's like all up your ass Mm-hmm. It's basically all your finances, where you've been. Um, like for me, I've lived in a bunch of different states, so they had to get all these um, these background checks from each state, uh, references from everybody you know. Some agencies like go to your job, but unfortunately, Dean never had a job, so they didn't have to go there. That was one less step. Anyway, so they. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dean. <laughs> but, Don't kick him when he's so down. They. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dean. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Being told husband is a job. So anyway, so they um they do this big, like huge documents called a home study where they talk to everybody and everything. And after you've done that and they do your placement, because I believe this daughter was um adopted from out from out of the country. So um she so then they do a placement and then you have like 
depending on the laws where you are, it's usually like six months or so where the child lives with you and then you finalize the adoption with the court and that's when you get all the paperwork. Um, so when all this went down with Tori and Dean, they were placed, so they had the daughter, but had not finalized her adoption. He ends up never adopting her. Oh, uh, okay. Think of, okay. Think of it like the... Billy Bob and Angelina Jolie situation where we went to do the adoption together and only one came out the other side. Okay. So, okay. yeah. So they just, they just didn't... So she's, she's not his daughter. You guys, I hate to cut you off, but at this point I think you know the drill. You've got to be a Patreon member to hear the remainder of this episode. So... Go to patreon.com slash ebpsychos. At that point, you will uh, be asked to donate. And then when you donate at this level, you'll get this podcast. You'll get the remainder of all the episodes every single week. You'll get Liz Bentley's Feathers in My Hair, which is the Teen Mom podcast. Um, you'll get me and Molly's uh, Brittany and Kevin Chaotic special. You'll get all the stuff that Molly does exclusively through Patreon. It's well worth it. And also, if you're not a member of our Facebook group, go to mollyandthepsychos.com. It'll take you straight to it. And uh, all we do all day and all night is talk about reality TV. It's super fun. So, like I said, patreon.com slash ebpsychos and mollyandthepsychos.com. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.